0: Welcome, Ink Drinkers. Um, You have just Jamie tonight. Marissa is off bringing life into the world, so I guess I will give her a pass on being here for this episode. But I do have a very special guest today, Karen Shaler, who wrote uh, Christmas Camp, which we featured on episode 12. And so, Karen, thank you so much for being here with me. I really appreciate it. Oh, of course. Well, thank you so
1: much for featuring Christmas Camp. I was asking you before we got started, I was curious um, about how you found it. And I loved your story. I love that you found it and you connected with it. So thank you.
0: Yeah, I I think I'm going to make it a yearly read. It's this is the second year that I've read it. And I think I'm just going to do it every year because I love it so much. Um, so I have to ask, you have a very impressive CV. You are a TV host, a TV correspondent. You've written for hundreds of publications. You've done war crime investigative reporting, all kinds of amazing things. Why Christmas stories? What draws you to that?
1: Uh, Jamie, that's such a good question. And, you know, my background is as a journalist. And when I look back, a lot of my friends say, how could you be a war correspondent, covering an Apache helicopter unit in Afghanistan and embedded with troops in Bosnia and now you're writing Christmas stories you know they, they, they don't see a connection but even in my journalism career and when I was covering crime and those difficult stories I was always telling the human side of the story I was always about people and about their plight or about their goals, their hopes wishes dreams no matter what kind of story I was doing and so I think I've always been looking for unique characters. And when I was very, very young, my mom and my grandma, they read a book every day. Uh, my grandma was with us till she was 103. She volunteered at a library. She was a book finder. And my mom is 81 and she reads still a book every day. So I inherited when I was little, I'd read their leftovers and they read clean romance. Uh, you know, the Daniel Steele, Nora Roberts, you know, Olive Fern Michaels, all of these little books. And then you know, I would read them as well. And I love the happy endings and I love that escape. And I, I really didn't, didn't know anything different. So when most kids were probably outside, you know, doing crazy stuff, I was reading, you know, because that's what my family did. And I always said, even when I was little, that I wanted to tell stories that I wanted to be an author or a journalist. And it's funny when I was really young, I remember I wrote a paper and I got an A plus for the story and the content and imagination, but I got a C because I missed two spellings and missed a comma. And I was so indignant. I was like, wow, that's not fair. And it actually was the reason I didn't start off immediately as a novelist, because when I was little, I thought this isn't any fun at all. I could create a whole book. And if I have something wrong, you know, I just didn't, I was very discouraged. So I thought I'll be a TV reporter where I can talk fast forward all these years of being a journalist and exactly what you said thank you you introduced me beautifully and then all of a sudden i decided when i got out of afghanistan i had done a half hour documentary that i was very fortunate and had worked hard to honor the soldiers and won an emmy for that that was my third emmy And I was at a pivotal point where I wanted to go back into Afghanistan and do a second documentary, but the management of where I was at the television station had different ideas. It had changed while I had been gone and they had thought I should just stay and continue doing crime on the streets and all of that. And I just, I was really upset because I really wanted to continue telling these powerful stories in Afghanistan. And I remember saying, if I can't tell stories that make a difference, I'm going to go travel and tell stories about spas but there was a little there was a little backstory to that when I was in Afghanistan and this is going to answer your question in a long way but when I was in Afghanistan unfortunately there was a bombing on the base I was at and it came over the loudspeakers I'll never forget that over and over in my head but it was like this is not a drill there has been a bombing there's mass casualties this is not a drill oh, wow. and we were hustled into these bunkers There were so many people there everyone was afraid and everyone in this bunker with me there were a lot of very young soldiers They all started talking about, well, if I get out of this, I'm going to finally take my wife on that honeymoon. And one of the soldiers said, well, if I get out, I'm going to finally take my kids to Disneyland. And I found that everyone was talking about, I call them now, someday trips. It was the trips they'd always wanted to take and they hadn't had an opportunity. And so when I got out of Afghanistan and the management had changed and I wasn't allowed to go back, that's when I decided I needed a shift. I wanted to continue to tell these inspiring, empowering stories, but I wanted to do positive, feel-good stories, not these sad stories anymore, and I had used travel as my therapy when I was in these difficult stories and situations. I'd come back and go someplace and just sort of immerse myself in a culture and let different people kind of feed me in terms of just I could learn new things and escape into a different world, and so I thought, travel therapy was my therapy. And literally I was in a spin class and I thought I should do it. So I Googled it to see if anyone had trademarked travel therapy. I thought, Oh, it could be like Oprah and the travel channel and Dr. Phil all rolled together. you know, keep in mind the 2007, you know, at the time. And I got the idea. And so I remember I I had not written a novel um, or a book of any kind. I was telling daily TV stories, writing hundreds of stories, you know, in my career, but for broadcast. And so I put together, I Googled how to put together a book proposal. And I thought this should be a great nonfiction book, pick trips based on what you're going through in life. If you're stressed, go here, going through a breakup. So I put all this together. And long and short, I was able to sell the book. And then I decided I needed to move to New York City if I was going to start all over in my career. I didn't know anyone there, but that's where you go, right? You know, I'm going to New York City. I'm going to be a travel and lifestyle journalist. And I was doing that. And I was doing my show. And, you know, it was a lot of struggle still is. And all of a sudden I couldn't travel because of a health condition for a couple of weeks. And I had watched uh, you know, all of these Hallmark movies at Christmas that kind of filled me with joy, part of my Christmas tradition. And I always wanted to write one, but never had time. And I thought, wait a minute, I have a couple of weeks. So I studied it. I watched like 14 of them and I kept a notebook. I'm like, okay you know, at 10 minutes, this happens at 18 minutes. It's the first commercial break. There's a near miss, you know, I just literally studied it like you would a journalist and then wrote my first spec script. And then that ended up becoming a Christmas Prince, which was bought by Netflix for their, as the first original Christmas movie. And then I got the idea back to, you know, how to, when you're talking about writing books, I actually wrote the Hallmark Christmas camp movie first. And as soon as it went in, yes, as soon as a lot of people think, you know, they don't know that. So as soon as the, the, the movie went into production, it was like July. And I remember going, it was my first, you know, it was like Christmas Prince had happened so fast. So this, my second movie went into production and I had learned on a Christmas Prince that as a movie writer, you just start the story. And even if you get to stay on as a writer, if you're lucky, because usually there's different writers that come on and you're retired and they want somebody you know, that's a nice way to say you're let go, but you are, and it's not <laughs> personal. They just, they just, I like to say retired, but, but they'll say, we want somebody with dialogue. We want somebody with this background. And they just bring in as many writers as they can, you know, to make this, it's like this big conglomeration actors. all say something, the network will say something, the producers, the director. So after I realized that my stories, when I was doing movies, weren't going to be my own, they weren't going to be exactly my own. They were going to be so many fingers in the pie. I thought, I want to write the novel. Because then I get to be the director and I get to be the actor and I get to be the budget person. So as my movie was being shot, I got the idea to write Christmas Camp, the novel. So I literally use my screenplay as an outline. And it's a great test. Um, I tell a lot when I do a lot of public speaking. I say when they talk about adapting novels or vice versa and how the different process. I wrote the exact same story for my novel and my movie. But if you watch, if you read the novel and you watch the Christmas Camp Hallmark movie, you will see so many differences. And right. Even though I wrote I wrote both, that is what happens to a movie. And we know you probably know the reverse, right? We, we all know these beautiful novels that you love and are turned into movies. And you're like, mm. no, sometimes they're great because it's great to have that to bring it to life of course I love a visual medium that's my background but sometimes there's disappointment because so much has to be cut out there's no way in a 400 page novel you can do that in 90 minutes you know there's just absolutely no way characters have to be changed sometimes six girlfriends will be turned into one girl right, right. Be one person that represents the girl and I think if you love a book it's really hard well I loved my movie so the way my therapy of being able to figure out a way to how do I write movies and be okay that they're going to be completely changed I'm going to write the book. So that's how I went down the rabbit hole. Wow! (laughs) People are like, how do you go from one to the other? And even though it seems like such a stretch and look back, it's still telling stories, right? It's finding characters. It's trying to connect. It's trying. I don't, I find, I don't mean to, but just because I was a news reporter and I tried to find good out of the horrible, many of the horrible stories I had to do. I tried to find a way to use it to empower people or educate or myself. So anytime I write a story, even though it's a fun rom-com or something sweet, I hope that there's a message people can walk away from. I don't say, here's a message you must get reading the novel. (laughs) I don't do that at all. I don't even mean to put it in, but I'll have like my editor or my agent go, oh, I love that you're saying this. And I think if you start out on a novel and you say, I want to make this point about society or life or whatever, it it will fail miserably because that is not authentic. That is not real. You're trying to put something in, but if you write it from your heart, I mean, Tony Braxton movie is so close to my heart because it's about a workaholic and I have a line in there that I literally try to use, you know, as much as possible, you know, we're all busy. We're all super crazy. You know, we all have these lives, especially at Christmas. And there's a line in there. It's like, you make time for the people that matter most. And that movie I watch every year to remind myself because she's playing a Scrooge-like character that we have to make time we have to pause you know there's no there's no coincidence that so many Hallmark movies have, have to be girls that women, you know, young women, girls, I say girls, even when you're 60 years old, <laughs> you know, happen to be ladies, I ladies just seem strange to me, Um, but happen to be women that are workaholics, right. And are putting their job first and they, you know, big city girl goes to a small town, learns to relax, falls in love. I mean, we've seen that a million, million times, but I think it's because a lot of the movie writers are workaholics, <laughs> you know, true. Are so, busy, so true. Right? And what about- <laughs> (laughs) and authors as well. And so, I mean, there's a lot of, in Christmas camp, there's a lot of Haley and me, of course, you know, of course I loved Christmas. I mean, I'm, my birthday is coming up December 19th. I'm all this all the time. That's genuinely uh, totally authentic. And I love that more than anything, but the part about getting really busy at Christmas and maybe forgetting what really matters. That's, I think, you know, you can go down a rabbit hole now that I have these movies and books to remind me it's not happening, but you know, Four or five years ago, I might have got caught up in something and maybe didn't take that time to really reach out, maybe to a person that needed that or think, hey, I. Should I volunteer as much as I really need to, you know, let's make a balance here and find a, a work life Christmas balance. I had Christmas as part of the life. I add it's the number three, instead of just work life balance, I want work life, Christmas, and Christmas.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it's so true. You know, this past weekend I, I worked all weekend and then um, my family was all going to like this Christmas um, event. And I was like, oh, I don't think I'm going to go. I'm just really exhausted. And I thought, you know what? I need to make time to spend with my family because it's Christmas. Christmas and yes, I've been working a lot and I'm exhausted, but I don't want my work to get in the way of spending time with my family. So, um, you know, I was thinking back to your books a little bit, like I need, to, I really need to enjoy the holiday season as much as I can. So well, I love um, that you, I, you know,
1: I really commend you for that because it sometimes it takes something really bad or sad, you know, to happen to kind of bring us to that realization. I always think it could be the last Christmas, you know, and I put, I don't know how many you know, of your listeners, you know, would agree because I put so much pressure on Christmas on myself because I love it. If that makes sense, like I love it so much. And I'm not saying I want it to be perfect because I don't believe in perfect, but I want to do as much as possible. I want to bring joy. I want to volunteer. I want to do so much. that sometimes I just get so wrapped up in loving it so much and wanting to do so much that i'm so exhausted that right. i'm not really enjoying it and it's you know social media is a good example when that first came out and i'm doing my travel show i would go somewhere and i'd, I'd have a, a dish like at a restaurant and i would immediately take a picture and i'd be tweeting and a I, 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 chef i'd interview him and i'd immediately put his quote and tweet it and and I realized I was not living in the moment. So now everyone that knows me knows my social media is usually a day or two behind if I'm traveling or even doing a movie set. Because if I do it right then on the movie set, I am not enjoying the moment. I do right. want to capture it because I want to share. I mean, I'm a writer. I, I'm a share. I want I want to share my experience. You know, that's why when I re- when I reached out to you, I'm like, I love what you do. I, I thank you, by the way, for, for helping share our stories as authors. You know, we're doing this for our readers and we just want to connect, you know, I mean, There are authors. There's just like, there's different kinds of people that are more shy and more reclusive. And they're brilliant authors that have these stories. Well, I'm used to being on the street with my stories. You know, I'm used to going out and being in the field with my stories. So as a solitary author, this last 18 months with the pandemic, it's been hard and, and God bless people like you and your podcast that truly help us connect with people. I can't thank you enough for that. Thank you.
0: Thank you for saying that. And thank you for being here. Um, What about holiday traditions? Do you have any that you do every single year that you just love?
1: Oh, I love that question. I, You know, it's so funny. When I was putting together the books, people asked, do I outline? And I don't. I always know the beginning and I always know the end. And then the middle, I just try to let the characters, you know, go their way. I have other author friends that outline every single thing, but I find my characters are much more strong-willed than I am. But that said, (laughs) I will keep a list of, because now I've done like five movies, five novels, and you don't want the same traditions. At first you pull, the first ones you always pull from yourself, but in Christmas camp, I actually created a lot of new ones because I was, you know, it was my first book and I wanted them to be new, but I also wanted in my head, I was already thinking, I love the movie to go to Christmas camp. I love the book And then I thought, I want to create a real life Christmas camp. I want to make this that people can really go. Cause so many people watch the movie and said, I wish there was a real one. And I'm like, I'm going to create that. So it was kind of this nugget, you know, like the dream that you have, it was in the back of my head. And I thought what's accessible to everybody, you know, the idea of the pine cone, you know, without giving it away for the readers that haven't read it, but there's, you know, a pine cone, that's very important. I'm like, okay, even if you live somewhere where there's no pine cones, you can go to a Michael's or you can likely find a pine cone, you know, and have that. So I didn't want it to be all these big elaborate traditions that weren't accessible to people and one thing I wanted to share with your listeners and we talk because I always forget and then I we I get off the podcast and I'm like why well, I forgot because I set it up on my website which is KarenShayler.com. when you go to the homepage, you scroll down where my new book is that's a real christmas fairy tale and then you scroll it's there too it says your free gift but it's also at chris by christmas camp and what it is it's free downloadable it's a di My Christmas camp guide, because so many people couldn't come to my in-person Christmas camp, and then we had the pandemic. So the reason I bring that up is because I put my my Christmas traditions. I put recipes. I put activities all from now the different books. So at first it started out real small, right? We just had the little Christmas camp. So there was you know a couple recipes, and now I have five books and different movies. I include things every year, and so I encourage anyone. It's so much fun. It has pictures. It even has the Christmas camp cocktail now in the. And book we didn't do a cocktail because you know with Hallmark and I remember with lifetime there was like a rule back then you can clink not drink and so I didn't get to put that but I have my Christmas camp cookies you know that we talk about my grandma's recipe and so I have oh, all wow. of those things so going back to the point of the reason I brought up the um, downloadable is the recipes are probably what's most special to me. Because my grandma, Grandma Pat, who lived, like I was sharing, to 103, her mom lived to 109. So I have longevity in my family. She was 100% (laughs) cognitive, healthy. And I like to share her advice was, she said, keep moving mentally and physically. So she would do the aerobics and when she hurt her hip and um, she started doing chair aerobics, but she did that and she would read and do crossword puzzles. So that's wow. my that's my tip to everyone. I know y'all are reading, but a crossword puzzles too, you know, somehow to kind of click, click, you know, in your mind. So we she had a sugar cookie recipe. Just a real simple one. I'm pretty sure it was Betty Crocker. I'm just, (laughs) I'm, I'm just saying. But what I did is, because I could never plagiarize someone else's, you know, beautiful recipes. There's a lot of people that check on that kind of stuff for me. But what I did was, uh, my stepdad. Um, John Beasled, who unfortunately passed. And it was right when, before my first movie came out and mm. it was pancreatic cancer. It was sudden, it, you know, I I don't usually talk about it. It was completely devastating. And my heart goes out to anyone listening. We all have lost so many people, especially the last 18 months. And mm. and I wanted to do something that honored him. And it sounds silly, but he would buy those, you know, those little cheapy ginger, uh, ginger snaps like come in a yellow box. Mm-hmm. I think they're in every grocery store and then he would take he loved cream cheese frosting so i started making one I, you know i started putting them on the little cookies and i'd put the frosting kind of like an oreo you know and i'd put the other one on top so then i got this idea i had to create my first recipe for christmas camp and i'm like i'm going to use my grandma's sugar cookie recipe cuz she had written it out and i'm going to i went to betty crocker and i made sure it was different i changed <laughs> it up but i decided to tweak it it took me a while and then i'd take cream cheese frosting. And then you take candy canes. They have to be real ones. They can't come, you know, they can't be already crushed. Because that's fun, especially if you have kids, and then you crush them up, which isn't as easy as it sounds, and make sure you take the paper off first. I, I you know, the little plastic. Oh my gosh! Made that mistake. <laughs> yeah, make sure. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking, but then you crush it all up and you sprinkle it on top. So this very basic sugar cookie with the cream cheese frosting, with the candy cane or you know, that peppermint flavor, and you put a little teeny bit of peppermint in the um, cream cheese. If you don't love peppermint, you don't have to. But that recipe is a tradition and it's uh, it's one of my newer ones so it's kind of taking different traditions that we would do at the holidays and blend them together and then we always watch christmas movies and especially with my stepmom you know to sit around and watch and i try to read christmas carol every year i'd like to say i've done it every single year but i have not i try to see the clay nation rudolph because I love Mm -hmm. it and I try to see the Grinch and it's funny I was telling someone about movies and I said I think I love Rudolph because he was picked on because he was different and I same with the Grinch you know people were mean to him because he was green and funny looking especially the older um you know the newer ones where it really showed he was bullied right you know in the in the one. And I think that I really resonated with that and wanted kind of to be a champion for the underdogs. You know, that's what I give voice to as a reporter. And so the last four or five years, I haven't done what I would say, like, this is my tradition. So Christmas camp became that where I have a Christmas camp cocktail, there's a toast, you know, in Christmas camp, one of my favorite things that was cut from the movie. And I love the director. I do love him. As a matter of fact, (laughs) I'm jumping, I'm jumping around, but I am in January 6th through 9th is in Palm Beach and I do these virtual Christmas camps. But this one, it's called Rama Drama and it's a big event where if you love the Hallmark Lifetime and Netflix stars, especially those hot hunky guys, I know we're not supposed to do that these days, but I don't care. They're all hot and they're super nice. No, they're not, it's not disrespecting them. I asked them all, Trevor Donovan, can I call you hot? Yes, please. You know, can I can I call you hot Ryan Baby? Yes, you may, you know, I'm like, okay, great. Cause you're all hot, 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 hot Hallmark guys is, you know, some Hallmark guys. I'm going for the alliteration here. love it. But anyway, so at Rama Drama, anyone can come. at tick start at like $29. And I'm doing all of these free in-person workshops. And I have the director of Christmas Camp and I have the star, Lillian Harrison. Oh, wow. Jeff Fisher's the director. And so with the, I, I know I jump all around with this, but it's going to be so much fun. So I invite everyone to come if you happen to be in Palm Beach or if you want to go. It's a great Christmas gift to yourself. I love Palm Beach too. It's a great destination. That's going to be super fun. But I say that because One of my favorite traditions that I've created since losing my stepdad was where I talk about in the book, all the stars in the sky, you know, represent the people that we've loved and lost, always looking down on us and keeping an eye on us. And when I held my first Christmas camp, we had all these amazing, you know, we were doing some crafts. We were doing some pine cones. We were doing mixology. We were doing, you know, party planning, like showing how to do cheese boards and, you know, just fun, like things that, you know some from the movie and the book, some things I thought would be fun to to do in my next movie or book. But the simple things, when I did the Christmas Karen chat, where I just sit here and say, I'm here and people ask me questions and I just answer whatever they'd like to do. They enjoyed that. And then this simple, we put chairs out to represent the people that we'd lost and we were outside and we looked up at the stars. If it was cloudy, we had, you know, one of the years was cloudy. We had to imagine the stars, but we had s'mores and hot chocolate And then we all would go around and just say say the person's name if we wanted to share and maybe a memory, a happy memory and just to honor and remember them. And so it's things I feel like the last few years with the pandemic and the last difficult years in my family of people that I have lost, I feel like I found new traditions, almost survival traditions, if that makes sense, that I'm really holding on to. And some of those other traditions that were cherished because of the people I've lost aren't able to do them. So I'm trying to find ways to honor them and continue and still be joyful and, and, and know that they'd be with me still, you know, and be yeah. happy. So that's really lovely. It's, it's interesting. What I have to ask you, what are some of yours, Jamie? I want to know, cause you know, I, <laughs> this is land mining for my books, by the way. I'll, and if you guys please follow me on social media, it's Karen Shaler official on Facebook, uh, travel therapy, Instagram, That's for my show as well. And Karen Taylor, Twitter. And the reason is I give tons of giveaways and I do fun things like favorite traditions. And this may end up in my next movie or
0: book. So I have to know yours. I may, I may need Jamie. Well, there are a few movies that I try to watch every year. I love The Holiday. I love Family Stone and Love Actually. Those are like my three big ones. Um, okay. and then another tradition that we really haven't been able to do as much lately, just because life has been so busy, but we're, we're doing it again this year. Um, is Christmas candy with my aunt and my mom and my cousin. Um, we always go to my aunt's house and we make like pralines and divinity and cookies <gasps> and just all kinds of deliciousness. Um, and then just, you know, give it away to people that we love and, you know, I so, love that. Yeah. We started doing that when I was young and, um, like I said, we haven't done it in a while, but we're, we're picking it up again this year. So I'm really excited. Well, you know what? I've seen a lot of the cookie exchange, right? Where there's 12 people,
1: you make 12 dozen and then you get different, but I love the idea of candy. Of course, my mom used to make divinity and fudge, but I love love the idea that you find people to give it to. Um, I, I'm a terrible sweet tooth. I'm trying to get better because (laughs) sugar is not anyone's friend, but I just adore all things. Somebody just got me the very first time, the Godiva, the um, Advent calendar. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've seen. I don't. I don't know how I've missed that because I am a chocoholic, and I was literally like a kid at Christmas, which I am pretty much every day of December, and I try November and October. But I'm like hoarding it now. Like I didn't open last night because I'm like now maybe I can have two and I can decide. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm out of control. I love the idea of candy. I'm definitely gonna definitely gonna do that. And I think some of my traditions are so ingrained in me that I don't even think of them as traditions. It's just right. like what I do. And my grandma, my grandma Shaler on my dad's side, Irene, she loved Christmas more than anything. And just, just, it was in her heart. So there were traditions we had. She always had red and green peanut M&Ms always. Ooh. That was like a thing. And so she got sick. She battled for a long time and it was right before Christmas. And she insisted she would not pass on Christmas because she didn't want to have that memory um, again, I was an only child, only grandchild on this side of the family. It was very close, and she absolutely refused to die on Christmas. And so she actually passed away. What is on the coroner report? At and it, it just on her own, you know, we she, uh, we were there, of course, but at twelve oh one, so it wasn't Christmas. Oh my and, gosh! And I remember though being so sad and thinking, how am I ever going to celebrate Christmas again? It still seemed she was Christmas in my heart. And then I remember what she said is, and I say this to a lot of people, because I know the holidays are so hard for I'm sure so many of your listeners, you know who we've lost. But I said, I'm gonna I have two choices for the rest of my life, I could be devastated at Christmas, because this loss is devastating. Or I could celebrate her life in her memory. So I decided to have a glass of champagne. Sometimes it's really little, especially when I had to work. You don't drink at work ever. (laughs) I don't even drink very often. But, you know, it was the idea of celebrating her life. I just had the little bubbles. Sometimes it was Martinetti's, you know, if I, you know, had to go somewhere, you know, I wasn't going to just stay home. And I would toast her life. And so that is, and I'd always have the toast. And of course, the red and green, you know, peanut M&M's. So I think there's traditions- you know, that we don't even know. And when I'm writing, I try to think, I know it sounds a little crazy but I think other authors have said this so maybe I won't be taken away to the funny farm but the characters kind of decide, you know, I write and I have an idea and then they sort of in the middle, they just sort of take over. And so I let them. And so the traditions, like this time in A Royal Christmas Fairy Tale, my novel that just came out, I decided, and it was, you know, it's always loosely inspired by something that's happened to you, right? You don't even know it. Either you or your friend or something you saw, it has to come from a memory. It has to come from somewhere. And I had a Christmas party in New York where usually you all go out. It's, I live in Manhattan. You know, you're going to go to a beautiful restaurant, but it birthday is December 19th. Everyone is so busy the week before Christmas. Right. And so I decided, I started this funny thing. This should actually be in a movie. I just started a Christmas brunch where I invite people to this fun restaurant right in the building that I lived in and I invite them to brunch. Now, 99% of people aren't gonna be able to come because of all the reasons, oh, I'm busy, I'm busy. But the people that come, you know, I have my core group. I'm not one to have an entourage. I have my closest friend and they all definitely try. I treat brunch, you know, usually how it is you get together and everyone puts in for the birthday person. Nope, I, we have an amazing Aww. brunch. Now people have learned. Now people come to the branch.
0: Everybody shows up.
1: (laughs) But one year I told everybody, I said, "Guys, I don't want a card. I want y'all to make me a snowflake and write on the snowflake what your Christmas wish is." And so, literally, I have people that are like CEOs of company. I had a head of a TV station, and they're freaking out because they don't know how to make a snowflake and they're (laughs) trying. So one of the friends, YouTube somebody paid somebody's kid to make it. The stories were funnier. One of, you know, and one of them I opened up, it was the most, I'm like, this, this was not made somebody, you know, this, and they tried to fold it and make it look like (laughs) it was made. It was so not. So I I put them on a piece of string and hung them in my house, but in a Royal Christmas fairy tale, my new novel, I have making snowflakes as one of the things and to put your wish, you know, on the tree. So that's where I get all of these different traditions. I think they just kind of come out of kind of come out of your heart and where the character is, and they just somehow tumble out. I mean, it's so much fun.
0: Yeah, that's so cool. Well, I I actually have a royal Christmas fairy tale queued up on my phone. I'm going to go listen to that next. So I I'm just- so excited. Thank you so much for doing this with me and and for coming and talking to our listeners and sharing so much with us. I just really, really appreciate it.
1: Oh, well, thank you for what you do and letting me share my stories. You can tell I'm So excited just to be here and to talk with you, Jamie. And I'm so sad that I missed your partner in crime, but I'm really excited to hear the baby's name. I wonder if it'll be like a Holly or you know, Joy. (laughs) Something Christmasy. Happy early birthday and Merry Christmas. Thank you.
0: And thank Thank you. Thank
1: you. And I can't wait. Let me know what you think of a Royal Christmas fairy tale too.
0: I will. I definitely will. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes for the full list of books we discussed today. You can find that in your podcast app or on our website, inkdrinkerspodcast.com. And please support us by subscribing anywhere you listen to podcasts and leaving a review. You can find us on Instagram and on Twitter at inkdrinkerspod. Cheers!